Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Nate Grootnibblink. I'm the creator of Apples and Genos and originator of the Zero G Draft Strategy. In this podcast, Blake and I are going to give you all the best streamers and ad options for next week so you can start planning early. Let's get it. And of course, I have your friend and my best friend, Blake Creamer, here with me. Blake, how are we feeling tonight? Oh, yeah! Yes, buddy! It's waiver time. I'm stoked. You know, I was told recently in a Discord that my oh, yeahs have become less enthusiastic. And uh, mm-hmm. I thought I needed to sort of up my game there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, shout out to my to my one fan. I have a fan, Nate. Did you know about this? <laughs> I didn't know about this, but uh, you deserve more than one fan, Blake. Oh, my God. What a nice person. And also, I got to shout out the Big Dipper. I told him I would do it, but I'm changing his name to the Beef Dipper because he's a beefy, <laughs> hunky, just stallion of a man. All right, Nate, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? I'm doing well. Uh, I didn't realize we were going to go that deep with each other tonight, but uh, here we are. Giggity. Uh, why don't we get deep into some news and notes? Hit us with some newsies, Blake double giggity jeez nate he's he's on the pixie sticks again everybody um and that's fine you know when nate has pixie sticks the, the pod really takes off so let's agree on that let's move on i don't know where i'm going with this all right let's talk about some newsies okay we got some stuff going on here i'm gonna rip through all right first off um sounds like kale mccarr uh just heads up everybody kale mccarr is playing through an injury surprise surprise um but uh you know he's he seems to be doing fine with it but uh um jared bednar head coach of the avalanche said that uh he and josh manson um are kind of battling through some injuries that they've had for a little while here and they weren't at uh, the abs practice today so just something to keep an eye on you know it doesn't seem like he's going to miss any games this is again something that's ongoing but yeah obviously kale mccarr is the piece we care about josh manson um thank you for filling up the water bottles on the bench my man uh i don't know why i'm thrashing on josh Manson. he's a beautiful man let's carry on um carter hart is also he was um he's going to be out with an illness for saturday's game that's interesting they say he's going to be out tomorrow with an illness um have you noticed nate this is a little off topic but there's so many players out with illnesses these days like it's weird it almost feels like COVID times yeah, I I mean we have had it go through our house here too. I was laid up for a day or two this week as well. So yeah. um yeah. If it's anything like what I had, it was not pleasant for the time that it was here. <laughs> that's right. Nate, you are such an empathetic person. I that's what I like about you. All right. Um, let's carry on. We gotta talk about the Spurge man, Jared Spurgeon. I call him block party, but I'm thinking about changing his name to Spurge because it sounds funny to me. I don't know. Let's we'll we'll workshop that, right, Nate? We'll work a shot, but yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Uh, he was game time decision. He's going to be a game time decision for Saturday. And even if he can go, I think we need to start looking at Brock Faber um, just as a legit ad, right? This guy played over 30 minutes in his last game. He was getting power play time. Um, I I don't know, 30 minutes. He's a rookie. Like, I, I can't remember the exact tweet, but it's either he's the first rookie to do that or the first rookie to play over 30 minutes in you know, X amount of years. I don't know. This is terrible analysis, but um, Brock Faber, everybody. Uh, 30-minute game for the rookie. Uh, I like the player. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Faber real quick here, Nate? 
Faber is definitely a guy who has played terrifically defensively and hasn't really flashed a lot offensively. He also hasn't really been given a ton of power play time to exhibit that part of his game. If it is there, you know, it's hard to say exactly what they're asking him to do as well, right? He's definitely a terrific skater and he has obviously scored points in his junior and um, I believe he played... I believe is an NCAA product, if I'm remembering all that correctly. I think he might have not even played junior. He might have been straight from high school into NCAA coming up. But um, yeah, he did have some production back then. But I don't think he's ever been truly regarded as a top-end offensive prospect. So I'm not expecting huge offensive numbers for Faber at any point. But I mean, if he's playing 30 minutes, <laughs> you can expect that yeah. he might be able to run into a point or two from time to time. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so keep an eye out for Brock Faber and Jared Spurge. All right. Um, we got to talk about Ricard Raquel. Raquel, Raquel. Oh, You've been yeah. waiting for that one. Yeah, I I am waiting. Just get healthy, my man, so I can start doing it more. Um, he's close to returning, but Mike Sullivan says he's still day-to-day. He did participate fully in practice, so that's good news. The Pittsburgh Penguins sorely need him. I think when he is uh, back in the lineup, he's going to get the line one power play one treatment, I believe, right? And, you know, he's had a terrible start to the season, obviously, with his injury. But then before that, the guy's he's I think he has four assists in 17 games or something like that without looking it up. Uh, this, that's how good my memory is. All right. Um, but yeah, zero goals. Damn. No, that's not what this man does. So um, I expect that to regress positively and he should get some good deployment uh, moving forward. So keep an eye on Ricard Raquel. Uh, we got to talk about JT Comfort there in Detroit. Um, he was out recently, but he should be good to go for uh, Saturday's game with the Wings. So that might uh, sap the value on Joe Valeno there. Um, the Rolling Lines legend, uh, Joe Valeno, he has his own uh, podcast title, buddy. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, Valeno, uh, he, he could be could be done there. I mean, in the practice lines, they had JT Comfort up centering Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkett. And Valeno was down on the third line, but he was still getting power play one. So just keep an eye on it. I think you're probably going to want to, you want to think before you drop Valeno because of, uh, you know, we'll talk about a good schedule that he has next week, but you know, I I definitely manage your expectations. I don't think we're going to be getting 20 minute Joe Valeno anytime soon. All right, let's move on. We got to talk about the game tonight. Jake Ottinger uh, left the game with a lower body injury and didn't return. So that stinks. And now he's not going to travel with the team either. What does this mean, everybody? What does it mean? Yeah, I don't know exactly what it means, but. uh... Oh, I was setting you up. I was setting you up there, Nate. What? Come on. It's like you're leaving me hanging with a high five. (laughs) No, no, for sure. I think uh like you got to go out and and take a look at your team and see what if you got room here and see what you're going to do but um yeah for sure I think it's a interesting situation. Oh damn. Nate's taking the high road. He's not even he's not even coming down on the side of a decision folks and that's fine. I'm saying you got to go add Scott Wedgwood, all right? The wedgie you got to add Scott Wedgwood, all right? Um, I think you add him now, and then you deal with it on the back end, right? Obviously, he's not Jake Ottinger, but he's playing for a team that's very good, has a good defensive environment. Um, so definitely go out and, it, like Nate said, if it makes sense for your team, grab Scott Wedgwood, right? I think he's gonna could be a great option, and who knows how long um, Ottinger's going to miss. So there you go. That's how we do here at A&G, all right? It's called zero G, all right? And we're not talking about gravity. Am I right, Nate? You're right about that. This is not space, all right? We're not astronauts, although sometimes I think we are. 
Um, let's move on. We got to talk about the Arizona Coyotes. Um, Sean Dersey, the Dersey Shore is, uh, he was still out for the game today, but uh, Nick Schmaltz and Jack McBain. McBain. They played tonight and literally did nothing. So that's fine. I, but like I say, anytime I get a chance to talk about Jack McBain, I will. All right. So they're good to go. It's nice to see Schmaltz didn't miss a game there. So that's fine. Um, also, we got to talk about Vladimir Tarasenko. He missed tonight's game due to a personal matter. And we don't really have any other info other than that. So we need to keep an eye on his status for Sunday's game. But yeah, it just, it was a weird tweet the, the way they said it. Like he has the team's full support in taking this time or whatever. So that says to me, like, it could be something maybe longer than than a game, right? I hope for his sake, it's it's something that can just get dealt with and he's good to go. But um, yeah, I, I, I would be surprised if he plays Sunday, honestly. So just keep that in mind. Um, also from that game, Matthew Joseph, he didn't finish the game either. So if you're rostering him in the deepest of deep leagues, um, he's no bueno, all right? He's not going to go, all right? He didn't finish the game. So look for updates on both players, manana, okay? Let's talk about the Seattle Kraken. Release the Kraken, Jared Spurgeon. Jared Spurge. I don't know. I just keep saying Spurge. I'll bring that back. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so we're talking about Seattle Kraken. They sent down Ty Cartier. Maybe. Ty Cartier. I'm going to call him Ty Cartier because I like how, how that sounds better. Um, and they called up Shane Wright. So I don't know exactly what this means. Um, uh, I did see a tweet after that happened um, that someone mentioned that this could just be a salary cap thing. Like something to do like beyond my knowledge um, with salary cap <laughs> stuff. So, you know, it could just be something that gets sorted out by the weekend, but definitely keep an eye on it. I think Ty Cartier is a, is a reasonable stream for Seattle. Like he's a, he's a shot monster. He's, he's like, um, yeah, he's just a really efficient um, low minute, but he's a permanent beast. So I'm, I'm a fan of that player. I think he could be a real good one in the league here and Shane, Wright, Yeah. I mean, he's doing okay down there. But let's, you know, he's gonna he's gonna need real deployment to to pop here, and it's it's rough that he got drafted to Seattle. He's probably choked about that, right? Because I think he could benefit from going to a team where they'll just feed him some minutes, give this kid eighteen to twenty minutes, and let him flail out there. Like some prospects sort of do well with that. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on Shane Wright? Like what what you've seen from him? Yeah, I think it's still too early. Um, it's kind of weird because he was billed as like a super NHL ready prospect, but he hasn't yeah. really delivered on that. And but it's also hard to figure out just because Seattle's a weird team that way and they don't want to have guys that are trying to figure things out. It seems yeah. like, um, yeah, it's a weird situation. I still got hope for him, but, um, I can't say I'm super excited about his fantasy prospects. Yeah. Not on that team. So I don't know. Um, anywho, we got to move on. We got to talk about Jeff, the twirly woo Skinner. He got trucked by big Nate McKinnon. Um, and now he's out indefinitely. So this really sucks for Buffalo. I mean, it, the hits keep coming for them. There's no timeline on his return. So in his stead, I mean, guys like the Butler, Zach Benson going to get more deployment. JJ Paterka's floor stays high. You know, um, guys like that are going to continue to get more deployment and, our boy, Nate, Casey Middlestad, who, <laughs> FYI, sounds like he got another goal in that game, my man. Got an empty netter. Scored on oh, both of his shots. So I guess the coach relies on him in defensive situations because he's, he's just a really good player. Let's agree on that. Nate, you with me on this? Uh, no. Oh, God. All right, that's fine. Um, okay, we're moving on. we got to talk about Patrick Lane. Uh, He's going to miss approximately six weeks with a broken collarbone. You know, from bad to worse for Lane. It's been a garbage season. This, this season seems like a wash. So... I don't know. That's that's really frustrating. But guys like Kent Johnson um, can get more deployment, uh, more offensive opportunities. I don't know any thoughts on that, Nate. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the lines after this. Um, 
yeah, it's it's hard to be super excited about anything yeah. happening in Columbus right now. Jenner goes down, Liney goes down. Um, maybe it'll force them to consolidate some minutes to a few top players, and Fantilli might get a boost. Maybe Kent Johnson, as you mentioned, gets a boost. The Russian line gets a boost. Yep. Uh, all, all together, like it's a net minus for everyone, though. Yeah, it's weird though. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. I think because of that Russian line, like that Russian line is pretty damn solid. Um, and then Fantilli, like I, they're going to be bad, but not as bad as last season. And I think Merzlikens is probably a little more locked in this year. So he could steal a game for them every now and then, but I don't know my two cents. Uh, let's move on. Phoenix Copley was injured in practice uh, for the LA Kings had to be helped off the ice. So doesn't really affect fantasy too much. Um, you know, he's a good streamer when he got the starts, but Cam Talbot is the man in LA and that's going to continue. So no worries there. And then Nate, we should probably talk uh, really quickly on the St. Louis coaching change there. Um, Craig Ruby out drew Bannister, AKA Kevin Bannister uh, from home alone. Um, he's the new head coach there, uh, interim head coach. Uh, sorry, it's not Kevin Bannister, Kevin McAllister. Oh man. I ruined, <laughs> I ruined the joke. I love home alone. Everybody. Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, he's a new coach. So I think personally, like my take on this whole thing is like, I don't know a lot about this coach. And I think that we probably just have to treat these games like homework games, right? Whether you're watching the game or you're checking the box scores, we need to see how this coach is deploying these players, what the lines look like. Um, and what, what have you seen so far um, with the lines there, Nate? And what, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, it's been interesting. It looks like Kairou got um, back up on the top line in the last game. So that's obviously good. Kairou, Buchnevich, Thomas was a line for a good chunk yep. of that game. You'd like to see that. It means bad things for Jake Neighbors. He got demoted down to the third line. Bad things for Braden Shen. Um, but the other part of it is that Kairou was on power play two, and Oscar Sundqvist was up on top power play, which is mind-boggling. What are we doing? I'm just running an archaic power play setup, I guess. But uh, that also means that Tori Krug got a ton of the minutes and looks to be locked in as PP1 there as well. So, nice. um, yeah, just first glance, first things from the first game. Definitely there will be changes that come to all of this. But, um, yeah, we'll see what he rolls out next time and have to continually monitor, as you say, in these early games. Awesome. Nate, break down the Week 11 schedule for us. All right, let's get rolling with that. We got Monday, five games. Tuesday, 11 games. Wednesday, three games. Thursday, 12 games. Friday, four games. Saturday, 14 games. And Sunday, we have zero games because that's Christmas Eve and we don't play hockey on Christmas Eve. Selfish. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's uh, definitely a high impact on the heavy nights here. The lowest... Uh, heavy night is 11 games, so you're probably not getting people in for those for any of the heavy nights here. Um, if you can, then that's an added bonus, but it's going to be a little bit unlikely. Uh, you might have one across the three heavy nights that you have a, a, a spot where you have a streamer spot available, but uh, you're definitely not going to have streamer spots available through all of your heavy games this week. So it's going to be a real focus on the off nights for sure. In total, this is 49 games played. It's a light week overall, but still decently substantial. It's not the lightest week we've had on the year by any stretch. Only Minnesota has a Monday-Tuesday back-to-back to open the week. If you do have room on that Tuesday heavy night, we do have Detroit, Seattle, and Winnipeg that have Monday, Wednesday off nights to open the week. So that's nice. Um, 
one thing I will say, just with having no Sunday game, all your off night streaming obviously now has to come before the Saturday. So basically, all your streaming has to be wrapped up by Friday. Um, so think about that. Think about condensing your week, condensing your ads, getting your ads in before the Friday, essentially. Um, maybe you can stream like a goalie start or something on a Saturday on the Saturday if your goalies aren't don't happen to be playing on the Saturday but yeah definitely I think you this is a week where you really got to focus up front getting your games played in early and uh, yeah focus on the teams with all the off nights you have Detroit and Winnipeg with Wednesday Friday off nights it's yeah overall it's it's a pretty tough streaming week all things told um, Really, you're going to be looking at Detroit or Winnipeg here with the three off nights. That's to that's going to be where you're going to make your make the most hay in this week to keep your keep yourself off of the bench nightmares that that everyone has gone through at one point or another. So if you can, uh, definitely this is a week to make sure that you do go through, set your lineups, check the Tuesday and Thursday, and. Um, see if you do have an open spot on one of those nights. It can make a huge difference this week, much more so than your average week where you have better options. But in a week where there's limited options, if you can fit someone in there, like I'll take the example of uh, Montreal here. Montreal plays on Monday, Thursday, and Friday. If you can fit them in for the Thursday, then you actually have a pretty good streaming schedule. That's just as good as Winnipeg's streaming schedule. So uh, that opens up your... Uh, your teams to stream from uh, pretty considerably so take that into account set those lineups ahead of time run through check where you have some open space and see what you can do from there all right blake kicking it back to you take us through the worst teams to stream and drop fringe players from bang absolutely my man um okay so this week uh like nate said it's it's condensed because we don't have that sunday so there are no teams that play two games so the lowest that a team plays is three games and there are 11 teams actually that play three games with zero off nights right they play all in the busy nights and those teams are the coyotes the carolina hurricanes the avalanche nashville predators ottawa senators san jose sharks st louis blues tampa bay lightning toronto maple leafs vancouver canucks and the vegas golden knights so what nate and i are going to do we thought we'd give you at least one player to consider dropping from each of these teams to consider dropping. All right. Because yeah, we're talking about three game weeks, you know, it has to all make sense for your team, right? Exactly what Nate said, but you got to set it early and see where the gaps are. Okay. Let's go. First, we got to talk about Arizona and yeah, I think you got to look at a player like Nick Schmaltz, um, you know, and I know Nate and I've been touting this guy and I still believe in this player, right? But not at all costs. I mean, he's 34% rostered. Um, is someone going to rush out and grab Nick Schmaltz right off the wire if you drop him? Like, probably not. You know, he's he's not really doing anything, and he is potentially battling an injury. So, um, yeah, I mean, Nick Schmaltz is there on Arizona. Any thoughts uh, on Arizona at all, Nate, before we move on? Yeah, Schmaltz is the one that's kind of interesting. He has zero points in his last five games. Doesn't even have a shot on goal in his last two. It does seem like the injury might be affecting him uh, a fair bit at this point. And yeah, it might have happened somewhere in this five game stretch where he's got no points and it might really be holding them down. So I am considering dropping Schmaltz, uh, depending obviously on the rest of my lineup. But don't even think about dropping Jack McBain. All right, <laughs> you hold him till the wheels fall off. All right, book it. 
Um, don't listen to what I'm saying in that uh, moment there. All right, let's move on. We got to talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and they, there's some interesting pieces here, right? Like you've, you, they have a lot of fringe players already, right? Like a lot of their defensemen, you know, are probably droppable. But why don't we talk about Toivo Teravainen? What's, what's he doing, Nate? Are, are we dropping Toivo Teravainen this week? I mean, what's he done in the last five games? Um, I mean, he's only got one assist. Actually, if you look back even further, he's only got one assist in his last seven games. So obviously that's not ideal. Still skating, averaging over 18 minutes a night in the last five here. The underlying metrics are putrid. 309th in shots per 60, for example. Um, not much better across the other things that we like to look at here. So um, yeah, I'm not excited about Teravainen. He had a really nice start. He was, yeah, just yep. had a really high shooting percentage. He's still at a 17.2% shooting percentage on the season. Um, yeah, I just, I'm totally willing to move off Teravainen if I have a better streaming option this week. Yeah. What about Seth Jarvis? I saw you, you put out a tweet about Seth Jarvis, which I agree with, but yeah, just what's your take on Seth Jarvis there in a week like this? Seth Jarvis is somebody you got to hang on to, in my opinion. I think he's rest of season hold at this point until further notice. His like he's 43rd in individual scoring chances, four per 60 over the last little bit. Had an assist in the game here. He's got two points his last five, so the counting stats haven't been there, but he's averaging 19 and a half minutes a night. Um, he's just another example of a, a number of Hurricanes players who are just a little bit snake-bitten, and he's still pacing for 27 goals, 57 points on the season. So I'm all in on Seth Jarvis. I'm holding him. Love it. Okay, cool. Let's move on. We got to talk about the Avalanche and the ANG legend, that poster boy, that beautiful man, uh, the alliteration, Bowen Byram. Yeah, um, 28% rostered. I think that this could be the week where we're like, you know what, Bowen, thank you for your service. Oh, damn. I Well, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, thank you for what you do, Bowen Byram. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think this is a week where we can maybe hold through because he just hasn't been doing anything really like two assists in the last five games. I mean, what else is going on with Bowen Byram there, Nate? Yeah, it's not great. The off uh, on ice numbers are predictably decent, but the on ice numbers have, or the, uh, sorry, the individual numbers have really taken a dip this year for Bowen Byram, which is not something that I would have expected. Um, yeah, he's taken a step back this year. There's no other way to put it. When yep. we've got a 29 game sample at this point, he's on a 14 goal, 28 point pace. Um, I think that he'll have a better season than that on the whole, and he'll get hotter at some point. Obviously, if Makar were to miss some time, if that injury uh, flares up to be worse than it is currently, and he misses some time, and Byram gets more ice time as a result of that, then you could be looking at some more value for him. But yeah, he's legitimately just not played well so far this season, and I think I'm willing to let him go now. Yeah, absolutely. It sucks. Um, I'm still super interested in the player and I'm going to be watching him if I do drop him. I've got him in a couple spots and I'm not sure if I'll be dropping. It doesn't exactly make sense for my team. Like one thing about um, these streaming shows that we're talking about, I, I don't know about you, Nate, but for me, I find it a lot easier to get defensemen in. Um, so like it, on those busy nights. So, I mean, if, if Byron is playing on those nights, I'm not dropping. Him. There's, you know, unless there's like some amazing guy on the wire that I need to pick up and really capitalize on but you know just keep that in mind right if, if Byron's playing you don't need to drop him right but if he's not making the cut on those busy nights yeah get the hell out of my sight all right sorry Bowen Byron let's move on all right we got to talk about the Nashville Predators and there's some interesting pieces here oh yeah um I mean you, you got guys like Gustav Nyquist Colton Sissons Nate's favorite player 
Um, you know, those guys, you could punt them away. But what about Ryan O'Reilly, Nate? 62% rostered, four points in the last five. What are you doing with this stallion, this bearded beauty? <laughs> yeah, I think you're trying to hang on to him for sure. You can see that yeah, on the season, 36 goals, 71-point pace. Honestly, I don't think the goals are here to stay, but maybe the points are like he's just getting so much yep. ice time uh, and the Predators have been better offensively than anticipated. Philip Forsberg is really driving play and they already had probably the best or in the top three anyway, best yep. offensive defenseman in the league in Roman Yossi. I think honestly, if Roman Yossi played in a bigger market anywhere, like he would yeah, Last you'd be getting all the accolades that uh, everybody gives to other players. So, um, Ryan O'Reilly, I think I'm trying to hold if I can. How good is Philip Forsberg? Damn, another OT winner tonight. Um, I've got this guy in three spots, and man, this is this feels so good because he was drafted in the hundreds. That this guy, he's ranked ninth overall in Cupful. That's that's uh, that's a spicy meatball right there. I don't know. Shout out to Philip Forsberg. You got him anywhere, Nate? I do have Forsberg in a couple spots. I've always been higher on Forsberg than consensus. Seems like uh, people give him the injury discount, and I'm happily taking that every single year. Absolutely. He's going to go out and break a leg next game. All right. I'm knocking on wood right there. That's what that is called. Let's move on. We got to talk about the Ottawa Senators. Um, so it was a good streaming team this week, right? They have that, they have the Friday, Sunday, so which is really nice. But yeah, now we got to figure out what we want to do with some of these players, right? Talked about Tarasenko missing time there um i'm not sure if you can get him into your ir plus i might i might be willing to hold on to tarosenko there um and maybe he gets into your lineup like he has been playing well but um i think he's an option there and then you're also looking at josh norris um who nate you've made a believer out of me i picked him up in two spots i mean before this last week here but yeah i i'm i'm not rushing out to drop josh norris that's for sure i love the deployment i love the shots what are you doing if you had to drop one of those two players who are you dropping I dropped Tarasenko over Norris for sure. Um, pretty similar in terms of like shots per 60. They're 67th and 68th actually. Um, some of the other stats actually lean a little bit Tarasenko's way, but Josh Norris is getting the top power play deployment. And that's really what I'm the most interested in here and what I think is the most sustainable. I think these are probably players of similar talents at this point in both of their careers. And so I'll take the guy who's on the top power play. Yeah, absolutely. He's been much more efficient this season, obviously, too, and just in his career, I think. So I like that. Um, all right, let's move on. San Jose Sharks, uh, pretty much you're dropping everybody. Um, you know, you could hold these guys. Fabian Zetterlund's been a nice surprise, but, I mean, he's not a must-hold or anything like that. Um, we got to talk about Thomas the Turtle Hurdle. Is he not turdly enough for the Turtle Club? He's super turdly, all right? He's not turtle, he's hurdle. All right, I'm digressing. None of that makes any sense. So let's, but let's talk about Thomas Hurdle. So 51% rostered, obviously has, you know, had a good stretch here. And then, you know, it's kind of gone a little bit cold as well. Um, actually, what am I talking about? Six points in five games. Oh, man. Um, so yeah, what do you, where's, what's your thought on Thomas Hurdle? And what are we doing with him this uh, three game week with zero off nights? You holding, you drop it. I don't think you have to hold Thomas Hurdle. But again, I think he's, I think he's plenty good enough to keep doing it. He's skating like yeah. in the last five games here, Amazing. he's skating 
average over 23 minutes a night and he's still firing 20 he's 29th in shots per 60 he obviously had the nine shot game and the eight shot game that helped him out there but um i think hurdle is good enough to sustain like right now he's on a 26 goal 68 point pace i think he can sustain that quite honestly um I don't think that's outlandish. So that's usually a rosterable player in a lot of leagues. And so I'm willing to hang on to Hurdle, but I'm also like, you're not going to lose your season if you drop Thomas Hurdle and somebody else picked him up. So if you need it, you can go drop him. What about Mikhail Granlund? That beauty, that that eight points in five games. Is this a droppable player? Yeah, 100%. You can drop Mikhail Grinland. Uh Underlying metrics are pretty terrible. He is getting tons of deployment, um, so he'll run into a few points here or there. But like, if Hurdle is not going to win or lose you your season, then Grandland is several orders of magnitude below that, not going to lose you your season. That's a lot of big words there, Nate. You lost me, but uh, I, what I'm getting from this is Grandland. See you later. Bye-bye. Um, he was on the Sell High Show, everybody, so see if you can flip him. There you go. I don't know. Maybe maybe someone's on the Granlin train. They're like, Mikhail Granlin, I got to get him on my team. All right. Eight points in five games. Not everybody does that. All right. And he's doing it at age 30 something, 31. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have him in front of me. Ah, sorry about that. All right. Let's move on. Um, Tampa Bay is a okay. So we're dropping on Tampa. We're looking at players like, I don't know. What do you do with the bagel? What do you do with Brandon, the bagel Hagel? I mean, this guy's getting reasonable deployment. In fact, good deployment for the most part. Um, You know, talk to me about Brandon Hagel and and your thoughts on that player there, Nate. Yeah, basically it's impossible to drop Brandon Hagel as long as he's playing with Nikita Kucherov. Uh, That's kind of where it starts and ends for me. Uh, As long as Kucherov's on his line, I, I just can't do it. Uh, his underlying metrics are pretty terrible. 246th in shots per 60, 134th in individual scoring chances for per 60. Obviously, the on-ice stats are a little better. Skating almost 20 minutes a night, like he's just going to sleepwalk his way into a 70-point season playing alongside Kucherov at an even strength. So I'm hanging on to Hagel. Yep, and that's kind of the cutoff for this team, right? I mean, anybody below Hagel, bye-bye, right? But. Yep. I think you're, you're, you you got to hang on to Hagel, right? Because, yeah, that deployment, that's sick. Um, unless he pulls a Braden point and gets no points from playing on this man's line. How? I don't know what's happening. Um, all right. Let's talk about St. Louis, uh, you know, with uh, Kevin McAllister as the new head coach, right? Got it right the second time. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. All right. Um, okay. Who we drop? Let's look at the St. Louis Blues. So I think, you know, they've had some some reasonable streamers for a little while here. But... We got guys like uh, Braden Shen who are probably, you know, I'm not holding Braden Shen in any places really. Um, You know, what do you talk to me about Braden Shen and then talk to me about upstart Jake neighbors. Hello neighbor. Yeah. Braden Shen and Jake neighbors, I think are both droppable. Um, Yeah. They're Shen is on the top power play. So that part is nice. But again, we don't really know if that's going to stick, if that's just a one-game thing. Like, he could be off next game, and it wouldn't shock me either. So there's that to it, and his 5v5 line is pretty atrocious. They don't have a ton of depth in St. Louis, obviously. So that's part of the problem. And then Jake Neighbors got pushed even further down the lineup. He's like line three, power play two. Um, Unfortunately, I still think that what he showed us is real. It's pretty hard to fake what he was able to put on record, both in the scoring column and in the uh, chances and shots produced. So I do think that Jake Neighbors is a guy I want to watch. And if he gets back up to line one, power play one, like he was before, I'd be all in on that. But for the moment, I think you can drop Neighbors as well. Yeah. And then just a shout out to Robert Thomas. It's the year here, mama, sweet lowly here. Um, 
Is that, that's, that's right. Right. That's, I, I don't know. Yep. I'll, I'll, you got I'll, it. Yeah. Sweet. All right. I lost it there for a second, but I got it back. Yeah. This guy's been awesome. Um, up the shots, you know, his shots this season and his deployment is going through the roof. I don't know why I'm talking about this player, but he's on an 85 point pace. I like the player a lot. And he played a ton of minutes in that first game for new coach, Drew Bannister and got three points. So yeah, I think that this guy's only rostered, um, Robert Thomas at 60%. Get Robert Thomas on your team and do it now. All right. I think this is a player that's about ready to pop. Booch Davis too is at 68%. I think these guys are viable players. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Nate. No, Thomas and Buchnevich should be rostered in every competitive 12-team or higher league. Do it now. All right, let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, who are we dropping here? Pretty much everybody who's not on the top power play and Noah Gregor. All right, you keep Noah Gregor. No, don't keep Noah Gregor. Uh, that's a joke, but um, he is getting top-line deployment. That's nice. Uh, but yeah, talk to me about your team there, Nate. Um, what, what are you seeing and and who are you comfortable dropping? Is it, is that is it as simple as that? Everybody not on the top power play? It really is. Yeah, there's just not much that excites me about anybody uh, that's not on that top power play. And just for context, that is Morgan Riley on the back end and then Matthews, Tavares, Marner, and Nylander up front. So anybody with not those names, you can drop. Okay. All right. You got uh, Nate's seal of approval here. All right. Um, sweet. Let's move on. We got to talk about the Vancouver Canucks and who to drop, who to drop. I think there's a pretty clear one and it's just so hurtful. It's so horrible. But this man, Bench Koozie, ah, Bench Koozie cut his hair in the off season. He trained in Bali. You know, it, it's been a debacle. Um, yeah, I think you can drop Kuzmenko. Um, he's on a lot of waiver wires in a lot of really, uh, uh, good leagues that I'm in, like um, really hard leagues because Michael's on the wire. People are not holding on to this guy. And I don't think there's any reason to while he's playing this way. Um, you know, he's on top power play. So that does have value, but he's, he's toiling away on the third and fourth line. He's getting like 12 minutes a night and he just doesn't look confident out there. And it, it's kind of a known issue here in Vancouver that Kuzmenko's confidence is a bit shaken, right? He's working with um, the assistant coaches on, on certain things. Like actually just a little off topic here, but um Talkit is he he gives a lot of X's and O's in his uh post-game pressers. I love that. Like he was talking very specifically about they're trying to get Kuzmenko's one-timer like firing on on his one side there, so that um, you know, because uh, other teams are not respecting Kuzmenko when he's over there and they're just leaning over towards Pedersen's side and they're kind of giving Kuzmenko space because they don't think he's gonna one-timer, but he did get a one-timer goal the other night. So I don't know, that's a little off topic, but I just love when coaches get into the X's and O's like that, the details, like, um, so anyways, uh, Kuzmenko, all that to say, you can probably drop this player. He's 67% rostered. No one's going to be going out in the wire to pick up Kuzmenko. You could probably grab him when he puts a, puts a couple games together, even though he does have goals in two straight, like the, the ice time's terrible, um, 15 minutes last game and then 12 56, the game before. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. So I don't know any thoughts on Kuzmenko there, Nate. Kuzmenko's a drop for me. Uh, yeah, it's just the ice time. Uh, power play one is nice, but you're just praying for a power play point. That's right. Um, and they're all going to Besser and Miller. All right. That's Besser is just superhuman this year. I don't know what's happening. Um, you know, he took Kuzmenko's hair power and it went on to Besser's head. And now we, we see what the hell's going on. I don't understand. Um, that None of that makes sense as well. Let's move on to the last team here. Vegas Golden Knights. And who are we dropping on the Golden Knights? I think we got to look at players, definitely fringe players like um, Braden McNabb, right? Is one who we've sort of highlighted here. He's 47% rostered. But um, what about like uh, Barbashev or Will Carlson? What are you doing with those players, Nate? 
I think you got to hold Carlson for what he's been able to put up so far this year, but Barbashev is a clear drop in my opinion, and McNabb is as well. What about Chandler Bing Stevenson? Yeah, you can drop him too. Bang, get the hell out of my sight. All right. Um, those are your fringe drops. And that's what we do. We got to get on to the best teams to stream, or as Nate loves to call it, Kareem's Dream Streams. All right. Try saying that three times fast, Nate. You got it? <laughs> no, you go ahead. No, no, okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll do it. We'll take it offline. All right. Let's talk about uh, there are a couple teams, as Nate mentioned in the, the opening there, that uh, have a clear advantage in this week. And we need to get on these players pretty damn quick because these off nights are going to be really important. So we're talking about the best team here with four games and three off nights. It's the Detroit Red Wings, right? So we're looking at players like Jake Wallman. He's out there and he can do stuff. Uh, good shot producing defenseman from the back end, get the occasional goal, good periffs. Um, and JT Comfer, uh, who will be back, uh, it sounds like, in the lineup this Saturday. And I think he's he's primed to, to hit that top line there with Kane and Debrinket. So that could be a really nice piece. I think Comfer's got to be rostered um, this week coming up here. Um, what about uh, some of these other guys here in the list here, Nate? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys that you can think about. We talked about Joe Valeno. You got your Robbie Fabry. You got Andrew Kopp. You got Michael Rasmussen. You got Daniel Sprung, who I know you love. A slinky. Um, yeah. Uh, the problem that I have here is all of the underlying metrics for every single one of these players is pretty atrocious. Um, so really, Jake Wallman is the only guy that I'm like excited about in any capacity to look and see if he's out there on the wire. Um, he might not be depending on your league. He's, I think, 44% roster currently on Yahoo. So depending on your league, he might be out there. Go check for that one. That one I'm definitely interested in, especially if you got blocks. He absolutely yeah. does that. He's definitely doing that thing. Uh, JT Comfer could be a little bit interesting. Depends on the minutes, really. Like it's between Andrew Kopp and JT Comfer for me is the most interesting stream uh, just to see who's going to be getting those minutes. If JT Comfer comes back and he's instantly back into a ton of minutes, then I'm interested in that. Um, Andrew Kopp, like, yeah, the underlying metrics, again, terrible, but. 18 plus minutes a night for the last five games. That part I'm interested in. Um, Joe Valeno, I'm just really, really out on at this point. He had terrible metrics while playing really big minutes with really yep. big players. And yeah, he lucked his way into a few points, but I don't think this is a player that we should be rostering for next week, even with the terrific schedule. There you go. Shout out to Joe Valeno. You're not rostering him even with the terrific schedule. Oh my goodness. Just throwing shade at Joe Valeno. Just catching strays here on the A&G uh, podcast here. Um, you got to roster the slinky, Nate. Okay, Daniel Sprong. <laughs> maybe not in the last five games, but check those metrics on the season, my man. He's doing sprongy things and we're happy about it. All right. Um, I don't know. I'm digressing there, but yeah, I definitely like Wallman. I like Comfort and I like Sprong. And I picked up Rasmussen in the league as well, just because it was slim pickings and I was trying to set myself up for next week. So there you go. Um, all right, let's move on. We got to talk about the Winnipeg Jets. That's the next team that has a good schedule. They play three games all on the off nights, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, and we got we got some developments here in Winnipeg. It's amazing. It's Nikolaj Ehlers season, everybody. We're there. All right. Four points in his last game. Yes. Yes, sir. That is what we need. You know what he needed the whole time? To play with Mark Shifley. All right. Not away from him. You play with Mark Shifley. All right. You know, if something's not working, you do the opposite. You give it a try. 
All right. But anyways, I'm digressing. Nikolai Ehlers is there and he looks good, right? He looks real confident. He's doing crazy stuff with the puck as he usually does. And he's, he's rushing the puck like a madman. So I'm really big on Ehlers. That guy needs to be rostered this week. And probably the, depending on how this week goes, like he could be a rest of season guy, right? Just like, you know, we're, we're always hoping here at ANG that Ehlers is going to land in a consistent spot, get good deployment and that power play one time. Right. And this goes a long way. Like his line there, Ehlers, Velarde and Mark Scheife, they popped off last game. Uh, Velarde got four points himself too. So th there's some amazing options here. So anyways, Ehlers, uh, Neil Pionk is out there. So definitely rosterable, especially in Cats Leagues. He does that. Um, Mom Spaghetti, Cole Perfetti is out there. Nino Niederreiter, uh, or as I call him, Ned Niederlander. And then Gabe Velarde as well, who we talked about. Adam Lowry and Alex Iafalo. Of those players, uh, how are we ranking those, Nate? Um. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Velarde is the guy that I'm most interested in beyond oh. Ehlers. Ehlers is the obvious one, then Velarde uh, for the deployment. And honestly, the underlying metrics are pretty good for Velarde as well. Uh, the last little bit, especially especially in terms of scoring chances uh, that he's been able to get. So uh, Velarde is definitely the most interesting. Beyond that, like um, Perfetti, I guess, for the power play one deployment. Yep. But like Niederreiter, Lowry, I follow all those guys. It's just like, toss a name in a hat and pick one out and you hope that they're the guy who gets two points in those three games this yeah. week they're reasonable though i like i like nino for sure like if, if you miss out on these other guys like yeah nita is absolutely a decent stream you know he can put up some points uh and definitely perifs like he's very valuable in a cats league so anyway check that out um i have follow as has been a bit rough there as well he's not really putting any games together like he did earlier in the season so but he's a kind of a glue player so he might be able to do something this week anywho let's move on now to the next two teams that have a good schedule it's the seattle kraken and the montreal canadians both with three games and two off nights and again what makes it good is those two off nights right it's extremely valuable this week so we got to remember that. Let's talk about Montreal first. We're looking at Sean Monaghan. Uh, if he's out there, Juraj Slavkovsky, Brendan Gallagher. Um, is anybody rostering Brendan Gallagher? I, you know, I actually, when I, when I go through the, the metrics and stuff, like Brendan Gallagher always shows out. He's, he's getting like 11 minutes or something like that. And the guy's just pumping shots on net, getting chances. I don't know. Um, you know, and then Josh Anderson is out there as well, but none of these are blowing my hair back. You know what I mean? What's left of it. So I, I don't know where you at with Montreal and what are you doing with these players here? Yeah, I'm really trying to avoid Montreal. Quite honestly, yeah. I'm not excited about any of these. Slavkovsky's on the top line with Suzuki and Caulfield and he is not doing anything with that. He has zero points in his last five games and the underlying metrics do not look good either. So I'm not excited about Slavkovsky, even though he's getting the best deployment. Sean Monaghan has three goals, four points in his last five, and he's on the top power play. He's definitely the top guy, in my opinion, yep. from Montreal. But again, I'm not excited. I'm much more interested in some of the Seattle guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, what's Montreal? Is Slavkovsky, is he a bust? Is he going to be a bust, do you think? I mean, it's very early. The kid's still like, what is he? Is he 20 yet? He's yeah. 19 or 20 years old. Like, uh, it's way too early to say, in my opinion. Uh, I i don't feel confident making any proclamations, but the early returns have been terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's only 19. Damn. What the hell am I talking about? Um, it's crazy, though. Like, you get drafted uh, high up, like, first overall. There's expectations that come with that, isn't there? And For it's sure. like, what's he doing? He didn't come in and, like, light up the league? Like, yeah, he's a 19-year-old kid. He's playing against a bunch of grown-ass men. 
Um, so yeah, um, that's uh, that's good perspective check for me right there, Nate. Thank you, thank you for that. I right, appreciate that. Um, let's talk about the Seattle Kraken. All right, they're releasing the Kraken on the, uh, this week. All right, and we're looking at players like uh, that Beefer, um, that serious Beefer, Adam Larson. My goodness, and then. Uh, a guy I highlighted in our buy low show, Oliver Bjorkstrand, the jerk store, um, just went and popped for three points the other night. I'm going to pat myself on the back. All right. Uh, that's nice. But uh, I, I like Bjorkstrand a lot this week. Uh, Maddie Beniers is there. Jordan Eberly, Yanni Gord. Yanni. All right. Um, what are you doing with these players? What, what, tell me, Tell me what you like about the jerk store. Yeah, I like Bjorkstrand. His shot production has been terrific the last little while, like the last month, honestly. So that's nice. He has this three-point outburst, which is finally making up for some of those nights where he should have had way more. Yeah, no um, Only skated 13-30 in that game, but it was a 7-1 blowout. I think you can pretty much explain it that way. So I'm not expecting that that's like a terrible trend that's going to continue. I will say he did come down. He was skating like 18, 19, 20 minutes a night for a hot minute there. And in the last two before this... Uh, three-point outburst game he was down under 16 minutes in both of those games so um yeah probably going to be a guy around 16 minutes again so that temp temper your expectations a little bit here uh but overall i think bjorkstrand is probably the most exciting guy that you can get on the kraken right now yeah absolutely and that's not saying much like what this team man it's just the stream team like i was just looking at the roster ship on yahoo like it goes vince dunn jared mccann like you know 93 percent and 76 percent respectively and then it's like the next roster player is Ely Tolvanen at 55 and then everybody below that is like 38 or less right like bjorkstrand is 38 percent rostered he's out there you know so it's just a hard team to get excited about but yeah if if there's anyone on that team i definitely like tolvanen and i like bjorkstrand as well so take a look there um let's move on the next team we're looking at is a four game team but they only have one off night and that's minnesota the minnesota wild the upstart minnesota wild put some victories together without kaprasov doing a damn thing so that's really weird but um yeah so you're looking at players there like jared spurgeon ryan hartman marco rossi um, and then, you know, for beefers, you're looking at Marcus Foligno, he can do stuff. And then Brock Faber too, as we talked about him, um, what are your thoughts on, on Hartman and Rossi there and kind of what's going on between those two? Cause I, I believe those are probably the two that I'm interested in the most Spurgeon. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. He's, you know, he's a game time decision. And, and if he gets to that power play one again, sure. We're definitely liking Spurgeon there, but, but what are your thoughts, Nate? Yeah, both these guys getting somewhere around 15 minutes a night through the last five games. Rossi's got a couple goals, three points. Hartman's just got two assists. Hartman's playing down the lineup on the third line with Connor Dewar and Brandon Duhame. That's obviously Ew. not great. Marco Rossi's been skating with Zuccarello and Johansson. Uh, honestly, though, Hartman has a little bit better metrics than Rossi does, uh, but I still think I'd take Rossi if I had to choose between them. Uh, neither of these guys are on the top power play currently, so you're not getting that either. But Rossi's actually scoring some goals here and playing with, you know, Matt Zuccarello and Marcus Johansson is much better than Dewar and Duhame. Yeah, he looks good too. And buddy, when you when you come across the Zuccarello, you gotta say the zucchini man. And I heard you do it on your solo pod. And you know what? I was a proud papa. All right. I felt very good. This man's a lot younger than me. So I can say that. I mean, in this context. All right. That's that's fine. Um, but yeah, Nate, you had a chance and you blew it big time. All right. Let's I'm agree sorry. on that. That's okay. Well, I'll, I'll accept your apology this time. All right, let's move on. Uh, last two teams we got to talk about. Um, three games played, one off night, and no Saturday games. It's Edmonton and it's Philly. 
So again, three games played, one off night. So let's talk about that. Again, Edmonton's rough with streamers. It, it always is, right? Because all the best guys are rostered. But Matthias Ekholm is worth a stream, I think. I've, I rostered him at times this season, dropped him, picked him up again. Like, he's doing just enough to, to be valuable, like, um, in, in most formats. So I'm 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 low-key into Ekholm as a streamer, you know, um, for one or two games or whatever. Warren Fogel. Um, he's out there. Matthias Janmark. Damn. Okay. This is what we call the bottom of the barrel. Anybody you're interested in on Edmonton there, Nate? Yeah, really. It's only at home. He'd have to be in an extremely deep league to be considering Fogel or Janmark, but they were playing on the, with dry at even strength in the last yep. game. So really yep. you'd just be chasing that exposure to Leon dry at even strength. Fogel does have like, he does consistently have really solid metrics He's 26th in the league in individual scoring chances, four per 60. Oh, damn. Uh, on the season here, but he's also one of these guys who just never converts on anything that he that he does. So, um, definitely like one of those hustle guys who can't actually put it in the back of the net. Um, sorry, Warren Fogel. Uh, but yeah, I think really you're only looking at Ekholm here from this team if he's available. And Ekholm, to his credit, is 16th amongst all defensemen in individual scoring chances for. Uh, nice. for 60 this season so he's actually looking pretty solid in his own right absolutely buddy are we warren focal fans here at ang now i mean you know <laughs> is he going on the, the the twitter banner are we are we replacing <laughs> ross colton because of his cameo snub and putting in warren warren fogel is that where we're at now uh, i wouldn't go that far no Oh, damn. Okay. All right. Well, you know, let's, let's think about, let's not rule anything out. Let's just feel reminded <laughs> okay. on that. All right, let's move on. Philadelphia Flyers, the last team to talk about here, and then we'll get into the best players to stream. Okay. For the Philly Flyers, um, we got to talk about Owen Tippett. Bang. Um, I love Owen Tippett. I love talking about Owen Tippett. I would love it more if he could get more than 15 minutes time on ice per game. Can you end power play one? Can we do that torts? Can you help us out? Can you do anything that anybody likes? Um, yeah, I don't know. hammering on uh, Tortorella here. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, Owen Tippett, great. Well, Nate will talk about his metrics, really good stuff. Sean Couturier, yeah, this guy's flying right now. Um, and he's only 30% rostered. Damn. Um, so you know, top line, top power play. What are we doing? I think that guy should definitely be rostered more than 30%. That's for sure. Um, so you're looking there, Cam Atkinson, Tyson Forster uh Faraby, i don't know i'm never interested in Faraby. morgan frost the uh, that uh super villain morgan frost cam york and then we got to talk about uh rasmus ristolainen who's now taking some reps on power play one i don't know talk to me about some of these flyers nate and what your thoughts are yeah it's it's a mess honestly uh definitely yeah. Uh, Owen Tippett, definitely, like, if you're just going strictly off under the hood metrics, 16th in the last five games in shots per 60, 20th in individual scoring chances, four per 60, but the on-ice numbers are atrocious, and that's probably something to do with the fact that he's been skating with Morgan Frost and Bobby Brink at even strength, and not with anyone with some offensive prowess that they demonstrate on a consistent basis. Having said that, Morgan Frost's on-ice numbers have been pretty solid, but Again, Morgan Frost has been on the top power play, so he's definitely getting a boost there. Um, yeah, Ristolainen, definitely one to watch. He did get a couple reps at the end of the last game on the top power play unit instead of Cam York. So we'll see if that continues or if it doesn't, but definitely one to watch there. It's hard to get excited about Ristolainen, yeah. uh, to be quite honest, unless you're in you know a bangers league, then definitely has a lot more value. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would just... 
I've said this before about Cam York versus Travis Sandheim and just kind of chasing whoever's on the top power play there and getting some minutes. The the other problem with Ristolainen, right, like he's averaging under 18 minutes a game his last uh, five games, which is really surprising because it really did seem like Torts had it in for Ristolainen all of last year. And then now he's up here on the top power play. I, I just don't know exactly what's going on there. If you go... Yeah. Uh, Couturier's underlying metrics have actually not been that great, but he's definitely the hottest in terms of actual points being scored. Farabee's up there too, three goals, four points in his last five, but the underlying metrics don't suggest that that's likely to continue. Forster's getting the deployment line one with Couturier and Konechny and top power play, skating almost 18 minutes a night through the last five. His underlying mm-hmm. metrics are not great, uh, and he only has the two points, one goal in the last five games, but still I think that's probably a player worth being a little bit interested in and then you got cam atkinson who continues to do his thing 41st in shots per 60 over the last five skating just under 17 minutes a night zero goals two points in his last five so there's lots of options they're gonna jumble all this around i feel like pretty consistently i think i would go with forster at the top of this list just because he's uh, actually managed to hang on to top power play and top line for a little bit here. And so that's the one I feel the most confident in at this point. I don't feel confident in Morgan Frosting on the top power play. I feel like that could be any number of players by this time next week. So, um, yeah, I think it's a bit of a mess after Forster. I'd probably go to Atkinson. I mean, if Tippett's there, Tippett's the guy. Um, I feel like Tippett's, uh, if you're in a sharper league, then Tippett's probably already gone. Um, but yeah, Tippett, then Forster, then Atkinson, I think, is the way that I'd go through uh, at the moment. I, I guess Couturier. Uh, it's so tough. He's whipple waffling. Oh, my. I am waffling. Now that I say it, I'm waffling. All right. I'm going to rephrase. I would go Tippett. Then I think Forster and Couturier are pretty equivalent. And then Atkinson. Love it. I'm final surprised. answer. You did, okay, final. Um, you didn't mention your boy, your, the, the new investment you made, Cam York. Yeah, that, that power play two beauty now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I did make a trade today uh, in Kakuffle. I traded away Kevin Fiala and Braden McNabb. Braden McNabb, I was just seeing this box score. Apparently, he only skated, what is it? Got to find this back. 14 minutes, 22 seconds in the game tonight. That's a little oh, bit damn. surprising. Yeah, um, I don't know if there's an injury there or something that we haven't seen come across yet. But um, yeah, I yeah. traded Braden McNabb and Kevin Fiala for Alex Ovechkin and Cam York. York and McNabb are kind of completely ancillary pieces and not really something I was um, super considering. McNabb has a little bit of value in this league just because he blocks so much um, and blocks are worth a fair bit that he kind of just provides that peripheral floor and he can be a nice fourth or fifth defenseman. Um, Cam York obviously has a little bit of upside if he continues to be on power play one for the rest of the season. I'll take the chance. I'll drop him if he doesn't produce, but yeah, I'm on the Alex Ovechkin chain. Finally, Blake. Yeah, buddy. This is awesome. Thank you for joining me. I traded for him in three leagues now. Three leagues, uh, twice for Alex to brink it. I know you don't approve of that, Nate, but, you know, Jimmy crack corn and I don't know. All right. <laughs> um, that's I'm changing the saying. But, yeah, I just this cannot continue. This is insane. He's shooting under three percent on the power play on the power play. That's that's just ridiculous. You didn't forget how to play hockey. So I don't know. I've said that on Twitter. I'm saying it here. Alex Ovechkin for president. Let's move on. All right. Uh, Nate, you got to tell us about the best players to stream. 
Yes, I'm going to rank these out for you guys. So I'm basically assuming that you can only play players on off nights for the purposes of this ranking. So really it's just based on how many off nights they're going to get. Top of the, the line is obviously Ehlers, in my opinion, head and shoulders above everybody else here. Then Gabe Velarde, who's also probably a tier above the rest, in my opinion. Line one, power play one currently. I don't really have a strong reason to think that won't continue through the next week, through these next three games. So Velarde yep. there as number two, pretty clear to me. And then I've got Cole Perfetti as the next one, power play one in Winnipeg. And, you know, he's been um okay i guess i would say yeah. uh, he's got zero points in his last five games so that part's not great but he's still on the top power play he's on a 26 goal 56 point pace on the season that part looks pretty sustainable to me overall so i mean it's a streamer right yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. a reason he's not uh rostered more widely but i do think that perfetti has some juice for this week and really the reason that he's above these other players is that beyond that i'm really going into the two off night um players so i'm really comparing perfetti's chance at three games versus these guys chance at two games so i've got bjorkstrand beneers eberly all in a row here would take bjorkstrand comfortably over beneers and eberly that'd be another bit of a tear break for me you could call even perfetti and bjorkstrand a tier together in my mind and then beneers and eberly would be the next tier then i go back to the three game teams with jt comfort here and nito niederreiter and then I go back to Seattle for Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord's underlying metrics. I should just um, mention this for a second. Not shabby. 85th in shots per 60, 70th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60 over his last five. Just one assist to show for it, but he's averaging over 18 minutes a game. Um, so he's definitely getting deployment. Does kill penalties and do those things. So a little bit inflated in that regard, but um, definitely I think Yanni Gord, you could do worse in a deeper league. And then lastly, to round it out, I will go back to the Winnipeg Jets and grab Adam Lowry. Larry's just been a guy that I've streamed from time to time and he's always come through for me with a goal or two um, so I've got some residual love for Adam Lowry from previous year's streams and so I'm banking on it that he's not going to let me down one more time what do you think about this list Blake who do you hate who do you love hey, yeah Adam Lowry I don't know I'm Mike Lowry I was thinking bad boys Mike Lowry <laughs> um, no but it's, it's, a, it's a weird week um, like I love Elos at the top. That's amazing. Um, I'd probably put Bjork straight a little higher, maybe higher than Perfetti, I think, but I just like the player a little bit better. Um, I don't know. I'm not high on Perfetti. I like the deployment, but that's, that's really it. It's, it's a slim pickings. Like the, yeah. the top three are great, but oh man, I just, I'm not into it. What are we going to do? Yep. All right, let's keep rolling. Talk about the best for hits. So basically, I'm just pulling these from the Jets and the Red Wings because, yeah, yeah it's hits. You just want to count up as many as you can. So you're going to get these guys in for sure. Brennan Dillon, Dylan Domello, Neil Pionk, Ben Sherratt, and Jeff Petrie for hits. Honorable mention to Marcus Foligno. If you do have room on the heavy nights, then you can put in or if you're just you know you're going to prioritize hits over some point scorers on your team you're willing to bench some other players to get those hits you can definitely go for marcus felino from minnesota wild he does play four games so he can actually get you volume if you're willing to play him over some people best for blocks i'm going jake wallman at the top ben Sherat, brendan Dillon again jeff petrie again neil pionk again uh, these characters are familiar honorable mention again same idea if you do want to go with the four games from the minnesota wild you can grab Jake Middleton and he will do the blocking for you. Who's your favorite? Who do you love from this list? 
I love them all. I just, I'm so inspired. But uh, if I got to say, I love Ben Sherratt. Um, and I've, I've got a new nickname for him, the Shart. All right. Ben <laughs> the Shart Sherratt. All right. Um, yeah, no, I like that player. Actually, I've, I've brought him in a couple times. And I like Jake Middleton just for his mustache. So let's, that's great analysis. But, you know, let's move on. Elite, elite mustache. That yeah, is definitely beautiful. true. All right, let's talk about the best players to add for the future. Some long-term plays, if you will. Nick Light-Ealer's top of the list has to be at this point. I realized that, uh, you know, Mea Culpa here, I think I was probably being a little inconsistent with how I was treating Owen Tippett, him being on this list for the last number of weeks and Ealer's being off of it. I was just probably a little bit burnt out on Ealer's in the 12-minute games and things like that that were happening, and I wasn't continuing to do put into practice what I often preach and that's to uh, look at the upside of the player and consider what it could be if things go right because that's where you get the bigger breakouts so Ehlers skyrockets back to the top of this list here I'm sorry I ever doubted you my good friend Nick Schmaltz still on this list I, I'm a little bit worried as I mentioned about the about the injury going on right now, but if it's small enough for him to continue to play through, then you have to think that it's not something that they're expecting to get worse or to linger yeah. or anything like that. So I'm a little bit worried about him for next week. And that's why I said you could drop him if you need to. Uh, but long-term, I still expect Nick Schmaltz will continue to do what he's always done and score 70 plus points every season. Owen Tippett still on the list here, still hitting, shooting, doing all of that, uh, just at the mercy of Torts and his minute distribution. Troy Terry, again, another four-shot night here tonight. He's been doing everything except getting on the score, on the scorecards. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of it, to be honest with you. Definitely it's going to help once... Uh, once uh, all the troops come back, they get Drysdale back, they get Zegers back, they get McTavish back. That's definitely going to help. I mean, Troy Terry has a goal and three points in his last five games, so it's not like he's absolutely devastated you the way he was earlier, averaging over 18 and a half minutes a game. So that part's nice. And I do think that he's one of these guys that they're going to have to ride. And then Josh Norris sneaking in as the fifth player on the list. Got a couple goals this week. The underlying metrics have been ticking up so far and he's a staple on the top power play and that power play should get rolling and he should get a lot more of it in my opinion so josh norris is a player that i like here as well moving on to sub 20 percent roster to go a little deeper for you i got matthias michelli here michelli scored the only goal in arizona's one nothing win over uh the san jose sharks here in this game, a guy that I talked about earlier this week, I've uh, got a lot of love for. He's just like turned on the faucet and started shooting somehow. I don't know. I very rarely do you ever see this with any player. Um, so it's pretty interesting. Another 18 minutes skated tonight, another three shots. Um, yeah, I'm just excited about what I'm seeing out of Matias Michelli and the fact that they're willing to just, yeah, give him all the minutes in the world, let him figure it out. So that part's exciting. I'm in on Matias Michelli at the moment. Sub 10% rostered. I will throw Forster in here. He's shown flashes of higher production. Last little bit hasn't been great for the underlying stats, but I do think that, you know, when picking among the sub 10% rostered players on Yahoo, you can definitely yeah. do worse than a guy who seems to have got himself a pretty solid place on the top power play at the moment. So Tyson Forrester, 6%. I will throw out an honorable mention here, Fabian Zetterland at 4%. Underlying metrics are just really good. I was yeah. shocked, honestly, when I uh, went through and looked at Fabian Zetterland. And yeah, I'd, 
just not a guy that I ever would have thought to be talking about. He's only got two points his last five games, skating over 21 minutes a night, uh, still 61st in individual scoring chances, four for 60 over the last five. And yeah, it's just a, a constant kind of trend up throughout the season for Fabian Zetterland in terms of the underlying metrics. And so uh, if you're in a very deep league, I think Zetterland could actually be a guy that you end up holding on to. Who's your favorite? Who do you not like from my list here, Blake? I love the list. Um, shout out to uh, Matthias Michelli. Yeah, you got me on that player. You kind of just opened my eyes to what he's doing, and I was able to grab him in a couple spots, and I'm loving the return. And yeah, this looks like it's just a player that's kind of changed the, what he's doing out there, which is amazing. Um, I did want to just mention that um, Trevor Zegris is 40% rostered, and mm. he was at practice, and this is a player that, you know, when he comes back, he's going to be top line, top power play. Uh, my my guess is that he comes back and plays top line, top power play. So take a look at, see if Zegers is out there, right? And if if you're in one of those leagues that you can add a player directly to your IR, add him, right? Because this guy's going to be back. Um, you know, we're talking about rest of rest of season plays here, right? So I think Zegers yeah. with Anaheim's amazing schedule and he, he's not going to be two points in 12 games kind of guy. He's going to pick it up. So anyways, he's out there 40%. But yeah, I love this list. It's great stuff. All right, let's keep rolling. Talk about defense. Tori Krug at the top of the list now mentioned that seems like anyway, first game returns are that Krug is going to be a true top power play defenseman. And yeah, obviously that has some interest. Krug has definitely taken a big step this year versus the past few years in terms of the underlying stuff. Like he hasn't had less than two shots per game. You would have to go back to November to find a game uh, where he has had less than two shots uh, so that's seven straight where he's had at least two and six out of the seven, he's got three or more. So he's definitely been pumping shots. He's been between 19 to 24 minutes uh, through this stretch. So all of that works out to a pretty solid rate. We'll see what the new coach thinks of him. That'll really be key here. Uh, in this last game, he only had 19.01 uh, despite the top power play. So that's something to watch for sure. If the new coach gives him a lot of 5v5 minutes as well as the top power play, then that's when you can obviously really see big returns from a guy like this. Noah Hannafin, number two. I do think Hannafin's still plenty rosterable, but he was bumped off the top power play. Rasmus Anderson finally back up there. So uh, we'll see where that goes, but I do think Hannafin, plenty rosterable. Um, does enough in all categories. He's just yep. consistent across the board. People drop him all the time because he, like, He's consistent, but he's not elite, so he'll have cold stretches throughout the season. But if you look back at the end of the season, you'll be like, oh, yeah, Hannafin had a pretty solid season for me overall. So Hannafin makes the list, and it does get low beyond this. You got Jared Spurgeon, who I still think will have some points, but uh, doesn't shoot, doesn't really hit, does block. But, uh, yeah, it's really just like power play points and some blocks that you're hoping for with Spurgeon, so that's a little bit dicey. Owen Power, again, not much of a shooter, but he's going to be on the ice a ton in Buffalo if Buffalo starts to get things untracked. I mean... They had six goals here tonight against Vegas, so that's a good step in the right direction. And Owen Power had one of those goals, actually. So uh, there you go. Maybe he's going to turn things around completely and just become a 70-point defenseman. Uh, that sounds I realistic. Yeah, yeah I, nice. I think that's realistic. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Um, oh, they took the goal away. 
Oh man, I saw I saw a goal. I swear I saw a goal for now, Owen Power. Now Nate's seeing things. He's, he's coming down from the pixie sticks. Everyone. Yeah, I'm coming down. It's it's getting late here, so things I might be seeing things that aren't there. That's possible. Uh, Pavel Minchikov still on the list for me uh, in fifth place. It seems like his minutes have slowly just started to decrease. It seemed like originally he was up around 20 minutes, and now he's getting down towards 18, and it's just getting a little bit worse. I do think obviously. Like he's held on to power play one this entire time. Yeah. Cam Fowler is the one getting all the even strength minutes, but Minchikov's got the top power play. Still think he's worth hanging on to for that in uh, deeper leagues. 23% roster right now, so he's definitely available. And obviously, once McTavish and Zegris come back, you expect that power to play to be much better. So that's my reason that I think Minchikov can actually have some value moving forward still. Sub 20% rostered, um, kind of uh, waffling and not picking a side here, but Cam York, Rasmus, or Stolainen. I'm interested in whoever's running that top power play for the Philadelphia Flyers. And then sub 10% rostered, Brock Faber, 5% rostered, uh, getting all the minutes. I'm just willing to see where that goes. Uh, if you look at the list of sub 10% rostered defensemen on Yahoo right now, you'll understand why I chose Brock Faber. So uh, that's what I have to say about that. Who's your favorite? Who do you hate from this list, Blake? Yeah, it's just an uninspiring list. I mean, yeah. I've got Noah Hannafin in a couple spots, so I like that. And I have Minty as well, and I have Owen Power. You know, ah, these guys are just, they're just killing me. You know, Owen Power is a really frustrating one because, yeah, over 20 minutes time on ice. He's like, he's like Casey Middlestad, but he's, you know, he's, he's on the back end. Um, speaking of Casey Middlestad, well, maybe we'll talk about him later. <laughs> Yeah, the one thing I will say about that uh, that just plays into a greater strategy conversation, I know some people have talked about uh, really fading D, and this is one of the reasons that I really don't like fading D is because by this point in the season, the waiver wire at D gets really, really sparse, and it's really hard to find uh, really impact players. There are a few guys usually at the start of every season if you jump on them early enough, but it can be hard to figure out who those guys are power play. Like, you might grab the wrong guy. You might grab Minchikov instead of the guy who's actually going to Yep. truly pop off for the entire season you might grab sandheim thinking that he's the guy and then he, he loses his top power play and suddenly he's not as valuable so i just think it's harder to figure out at d than it is obviously at goalie which i talk about all the time but um yeah that's why i really actually do try to focus on building up my d with some solid players that i feel good about so just a little strategy aside let's talk Love about it. the oh goalies pewter Kachikov, 41%. Ranta got lit up against Nashville tonight, so Kachikov's job seems to be pretty stable there. He had two starts in a row before this start for Ranta, so yeah, definitely into Kachikov at this point. Elvis Merzlikens, honestly, Merzlikens is playing terrific hockey. Yeah. The Blue Jackets are an absolute tire fire. The Leafs picked them apart defensively after sleepwalking through most of the most of the game until the third period. They just ran the show on the Blue Jackets in the third, and it was it was like just five guys constantly just like turning in while standing still. It was crazy to watch. Um, yeah, they're terrible defensively, but Merzlikens is tremendous. So if you're in a league that counts a lot for saves, then he's definitely valuable for that. Charlie Lindgren still on the list. Uh, hasn't had the greatest last little stretch. He has one shutout in there, but aside from that, it's been uh, not great. So a little bit up and down. I still think that he's going to get some run here. I think Washington deserves a little better maybe um, in terms of the goals that they've given up recently. So um, yeah, 
I'll throw Charlie Lindgren in here pretty readily. Sub 25% rostered. We've got Joey Decord with Phil Grubauer being out for some time yet. It still looks like um, Decord has played really well the last little yep. bit. I picked up Decord and uh, I was very pleased uh, with the results this week. So definitely uh, Decord is a guy that you can look at. I mean, who's to say how long this is going to last? I have no idea. You have no idea. But um, as long as it's lasting, I'm into it. And maybe he just completely unseats Grubauer. I've talked about how Seattle has improved their 5v5 play to a point where they're actually dominating play a fair bit, especially against worse teams. So um, Decord can be more than just a streamer if he continues his good play of late and continues to take more of the net share away from Grubauer. And then Ivan Prozvatov. So you might have heard some people talking about Prozvatov and how he's taken a few more starts of late away from uh, Georgiev. He had a start, lost 5-2 against Philadelphia. That wasn't great. Then came in uh, in relief of Georgiev against Calgary. Uh, didn't allow any goals and actually won that game. And then he allowed just one goal on 30 shots against Buffalo and won that game. And so now we have this back-to-back -back this weekend. Georgiev's going to play a game and Prozvita's going to play a game. I'm guessing at this point that Georgiev is going to get the Saturday against Winnipeg and then Prozvita's going to get the prime matchup against San Jose. If that goes as per expectation, then you would expect that he'd have a nice outing there. And then who knows from that point onward, right? Uh, especially if uh, Georgiev doesn't looks a little bit shaky again against Winnipeg so yeah who's to say what's going to happen from this point onward but definitely like if there's any chance that this guy's walking into a timeshare even in Colorado like that's somebody you got a roster because obviously Colorado is one of the top teams in the league add goalie Blake who do you like from this I list these are all great options. These are all zero G guys, right? These are all rosterable, like giving you value. Um, Kachetkov is the guy. I think he's must roster. I think he, he's got to be added more than 41%. This is like um, Anderson is not coming back anytime soon. It's month yep. to month. The last thing we heard from Brandon Moore. So that's, and and he might not be back at all. Like it's, it's a serious medical issue that he's dealing with. So, um, and I, I trust Kachetkov so much more than Ranton. I think they want to go that way anyway. So I like Kachetkov a lot. And then I'm glad you uh, brought Prozzi in here this guy was an amazing stream for this week like who would have thought he would get all these games right um i definitely don't think it's going to be a timeshare though i think that georgiev is a is a type of goalie they've, they've just been running out there running him ragged you know what i mean i think they want to see what they have here in prosvitov and just that that they can trust him in a backup role and maybe take some of these games for georgiev so he so he's not just smoked by the time he gets into the playoffs right um so i think they're just seeing what they have here but it you know, early returns look really good. Like this, this guy's a player and uh, yeah, this, this week has been amazing for Prozvatov. I'm interested to see what happens moving forward. So yeah, great list here. All right. We've got to head over to the head to head streamer death match. And the record now is six to two for Blake. Uh, I've been making my comeback uh, slowly, but surely. And I was absolutely crushing this week earlier this evening. And then the Buffalo game happened and Casey Middlestat had two goals and an assist on two shots. And now it's 15.75 couple points for Casey Middlestat to 13.75 for Josh Norris. Come on, Josh Norris. We got one game left here for each of these players this week. I need Josh Norris to outscore Casey Middlestat by two in couple scoring. I know he can do it. He's got another goal left in him. I, I'm seeing it now. He's going to bury that that one-timer on the power play, bar down, 
and uh, the crowd's going to go wild and Blake's going to go cry. So that's what I'm predicting for this Sunday. This is like the law of attraction right here. You're really, you're really <laughs> attracting some stuff to yourself. Don't you, haven't you learned yet, Nate? You never bet against Casey mid Olstead. All right. <laughs> you don't do it. All right. Because you see what happens. Yep. Gotta love those empty net goals. They do no, pad they the stats fit. exceptionally well. All right. Well, if you made it this far, if you could like and subscribe, that really does help us out. If you're listening on audio on a podcast app, if you can give us a rating and review, that would be terrific. We did get a couple more reviews, and I do want to take just one second here. I know this is turning into a beefer of an episode, but we got a couple of reviews that, uh, yeah, they're interesting to say the least. This one uh, from Jamer412 says, Creamy. Can't say enough about what these guys bring to the table each week. The amount of quality content with a relatively small team is astounding. Perfect info slash humor balance, in my opinion. Two thumbs up. That's good stuff. That's that's the kind of review we like to see. Definitely appreciate that one. And then Zach Gardner says, the best. I listen to several fantasy pods. Nothing is as good as these guys. This crew doesn't just educate. They entertain. Blake is hilarious. This pod is an absolute must follow. Now, Blake, I think you may have gotten a slightly different review in one case. Do you want to take the floor here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I got Yeah, I did get a nice review. The review says, thank you for your service. One star. It says, if I hear that one more time, I might pull my hair out. Lunar lover, I'm so sorry. All right. You know, I'll do better. <laughs> Okay, I'll work on it. All right, I'll, I'm in therapy. I'm I'm working on this. All right, dang. But you know, in the meantime, thank you for your service. All right, I really appreciate you listening to our pod. All right, lunar lovers, I love the moon too. All right, are you like a horoscope person? Are you into that? I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we better get out of here. That is all that we've got for this episode. Hopefully it brought you some value, helped you get a little bit better at fantasy hockey today. All the advanced stats you heard today came from Natural Statric, which I don't know if you've heard is a terrific free resource. It's good. Many thanks to the band. They're there for supplying the music for the podcast. Be sure to check out their Spotify as well. That's it, folks. Much love.